good morning. Good morning. Sun's shining. Spring's coming. Anybody else looking forward to it? I sure am. Good place to be. Looking forward to the, the dinner this evening. Hopefully we'll have some really good desserts, right? But like Tyler said, everyone's welcome to come to that. Uh, bring a visitor if you like. I'm just excited that we'll be celebrating paying off that debt. So hopefully everyone comes out. Um, I think Tyler hit pretty much all the other announcements. Anyone with a special song this morning? All right, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 3. So we've been working through the book of Hebrews for the last little bit. And uh, as we know, the, the Jewish Christians at this time were struggling. And uh, the writer here was, was writing to encourage them to, to keep going, to keep the faith, to not give up, to keep running the race of their salvation. And that Jesus was worth it, you know, no matter what tribulation, trials, persecution, just to keep going on and, and run that race. Because Jesus is better, and Jesus is superior, and Jesus is greater. And he, he uses you know, situations like the law or angels, things like that, to compare Jesus to. And we've seen so far that Jesus is better than all of that. And this morning, we'll actually look at the patriarch Moses. and we'll, we'll, He compares Jesus to Moses. So we'll get into a little bit of that. So if you remember the first message, we talked about how easy it would be to just kind of throw in the towel. Sometimes it's really hard to be a Christian. It really is. Uh, we, we get, you know, we get down. We have troubles. Whoever, whoever's been teaching that prosperity gospel, they got people messed up. Because it's never going to be perfect here. Ever. Things are going to break. Things are going to happen. People are going to get in trouble. You're going to do stuff. You're just going to do stupid stuff. It's hard. But it's worth it. That's the key. It's, it's worth it. And, and in fact, every day, this sinful nature, there's a war raging against it. Every single day. And we have to die out to that. We have to let Christ live in and through us. And that, that's when we got into that second chapter where it talked about paying super abundant attention to what we've heard. And what have you heard the last little bit? Jesus is better. Pay super attention to that. Jesus is better. That, remember we had that warning. Drifting away. Neglecting God's Word. Neglecting time with Him. That's a danger. And every single one of us struggle with it. Am I wrong? Every single one of us struggle with it. In fact, some people have struggled with it so much, they have drifted away. And Satan's really good at convincing us that we don't need that. We do need it. We need it every day of our lives. Just neglecting our prayers and getting in His Word. Slowly drift away. But like we said, Jesus is far superior than anything this world has to offer. And there's some really nice stuff out there. Nice cars, nice houses. In fact, we've been trying to start looking at houses a little. There's some nice stuff out there. But there's absolutely nothing that will compare to one of these days what we'll see. Absolutely nothing. And the thing is, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. 
So we can look at 5,000 houses and never make it into one. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So you've got to be ready. So we'll read about six verses here this morning and follow the Lord. Hebrews chapter 3, starting at the first verse. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were spoken later, to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. And the thing that we really want to focus on this morning, and we'll, we'll eventually get to it, is where that first verse there where it says, Consider Jesus. That's really what we want to get to. You know, it's pretty cool that he calls us there, holy brothers, you know, those who share in heavenly calling. And it's, it's obvious he's talking to believers there. So keep that in mind as we go through this. So why do you think the writer here wants to compare Moses to Jesus? And remember, these are, are Jewish Christians. Why do you think he wants to compare Moses? Who was Moses? Moses was a patriarch. He was a very important person to the Jewish nation. He was probably the best leader they had ever seen. I mean, think about all this. I mean, in fact, let me, let's flip over to Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. There's a whole section on the hall of faith about Moses. But he was, he was faithful. Even the writer says there, he was faithful and he was highly revered. The 11th chapter, 23rd verse. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. So there's a whole section there on Moses, which speaks volumes to who Moses was. He was a great leader. I mean, we all know the stories. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt from 400 years of slavery. What was, what was amazing to me was that was they were on dry land. It's amazing. But I think we've got to remember who was really in charge there. It wasn't necessarily Moses. It was God. God Almighty. And like it said there, everything Moses did pointed to a Savior that was to come. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Everything he did. It all pointed to Christ, the Messiah. But he was a powerful, faithful servant to the house of God. 
Now, the difference is, what, what's really cool here is that the writer doesn't mention anything about Moses' mistakes that he made. And he sinned. He made mistakes. Doesn't mention anything about that. So he must also believe how great you know, a leader that Moses was. But what's interesting is it talks about Moses being a servant to the house of God. Well, the difference is Jesus made that house. He created it. So he's obviously better. And it says he was a son in the house of God. Who's the house of God? We are. We're the house of God. Jesus created it. Moses was a servant in the house of God, just like you and I are. A servant. So obviously Jesus is better and greater and superior to that. Can't you think what these Jewish Christians are thinking right now? Oh my goodness. He's talking about Moses. But Jesus was better. You know, it talks about there in the first verse about... Actually, it might not be the first verse. I'm all over the place. You guys know that. Not the first verse at all. Where it talks about him being apostle. Actually, this is the first verse. The apostle and the high priest of our confession. I think that's the only place in Scripture that it, it lists Jesus as an apostle. Anybody know any different? John, is that? I, I don't recall seeing that anywhere else except for this scripture right here. And that, that word apostle in the Hebrew goes back to that word ambassador. That Jesus is an ambassador. Or he was once sent under authority from God. What did he bring? The message of love from God. That's important. The message of love. He's our high priest. He is the message. That's that's what amazes me about it. Jesus was the message and the messenger. It's crazy to wrap your head around, isn't it? He was the message and the messenger. But Moses was faithful. But Jesus built the house. He was the son in the house. He takes precedence over a servant of the house. So Jesus was greater. So going back to Jesus being the apostle and high priest of our confession. That confession there, I think the King James uses profession. You know, think about what you're professing when you're a Christian. Think about that, what you're confessing to the world. Here's the key, though. You can't just profess that you're a Christian. You can say it, you can out loud, and that's what we're supposed to do when Jesus saves us is, We are supposed to profess that he saved our souls. The other part of that is, though, is our life should also profess that. Not just out loud. Our life should show what Jesus did to us on the inside. That's a big part of it. How many people out there have professed Jesus, but their life is far from it? That is a dangerous place to be. A very dangerous place to be. You can't profess Him with your mouth. You can, but it doesn't work that way. But not follow Him with your life. Again, this was written for them, helping them endure all this persecution and tribulation and trials and and all of that. And I think we struggle with that too. We're persecuted if if you call yourself a Christian. 
I mean, think about it. You can say everything. You can talk about God. You can talk about the Pope. You can talk about everything. But as soon as you say the name Jesus, everything changes. As soon as you say the name Jesus. In fact, I think it was News Channel 7 beeped it out when they said Jesus. Am I wrong? I remember seeing that. What's funny about it is a lot of religions believe in Jesus. Not necessarily that he's the son of God, but he was a prophet sent. He was a good man. He was a teacher. All of those other religions believe that. But when you say he was the son of God, that changes absolutely everything. That changes absolutely everything. But it's the truth. That is the absolute truth. We want to talk about hope. I think there in that last verse it says, Indeed, if we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. What is that hope? For that hope, we must consider Jesus. Think about all that Old Testament stuff. All the stuff that they went through. Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. Over and over and over and over. And Jesus came once and for all. And took it all away. Now, the hard part here to think about is there were a lot of Jewish people still going through those motions. They were still going through the steps. They were still going to the ceremonies and everything. So it must have been very hard for these Jewish Christians to see that, but they can't see Jesus. See what I'm saying? They can naturally see these people still going and doing those steps. Don't you think they're like, dang, maybe I should still be doing that? It'd be a lot easier. Because you can see it. Why would you want to go back? When you have Jesus, why would you ever want to go back to something else? Think about it. Like if you were truly born again, and Jesus changed your life, what is there in this world to go back to? I don't get it. And so many people just slip slip away. You never see him again. What are they going back to? What is there in this world to go back to? Your bank accounts? Your houses? Your nice cars? They're going to be gone away one of these days. They're going to be gone. Do you think it's just that sinful nature? Satan pushing them back? I I think about that stuff all the time. A sinful world. No hope. No true joy like we talked about last week in Sunday school class. And what's really sad about it is if you go talk to most people, they kind of believe in God. Don't they? You know, I always see stuff online. I try to not get in too much. But when someone passes away, you're like, rest in heaven, rest. But you don't believe. Oh, but you believe in heaven. You believe in God. You just don't believe in Jesus or have to change your life. Is that what it is? I struggle with that stuff. It's like, how can you believe in one and not everything else? There either is a God or there's not. Plain and simple. You either believe or you don't. But people just want it their way. They want it their way. So why should we consider Jesus this morning? Well, hopefully, 
Most of us here are saved, and we know exactly who Jesus is and what he did to our lives. I can tell you, folks, I was an absolute mess. An absolute mess. You know, I've told you guys over and over I was saved when I was nine years old. Was I saved? I don't know. I don't know. But there was a time when I was about 20 that he spoke to my heart. And if I wasn't saved, I don't know why he was speaking to my heart. He said, remember, son, you're mine. That was hard for a 20-year-old kid. That was hard. That was hard to let go and not do my own thing. But I've told you before, when I was a teenager, kids, listen, I was an absolute mess. I did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And you'll regret it. You'll regret it. There's something much better. And His name is Jesus. He's much better than all that out there in the world that will never fulfill you completely. Yeah, you might have some fun. Sin can be fun, but it doesn't last. But the consequences of sin does last. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. But think about what Jesus did for us. Think about why we should consider Him. He left glory, came down here to earth as us, as a human, one, to see how we felt. So we can go to Him anytime. He understands. Two, He came to take away the sin of the world. There was a sin debt, a great gulf between us and God that we couldn't fix. He had no hope. He came and sacrificed Himself that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And one of these days, like I said before, when He stands up, it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. You can't accept Him at that point. Because He's going to come back and take His church home. And every single one of us that are in Him are going to go with Him. And we're going to rule with Him for eternity. And that is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. The grave couldn't keep Him, folks. The grave couldn't keep Him. He overcame death, hell, and the grave for every single one of us sitting here today and every single person out in the world. You know, we want to talk about Ukraine and Russia and all that. Jesus died for all of them. Not just Americans. Not just for white people. Not just for black people. For all of them. And if I'm wrong, just tell me to sit down because I will. He died for the whole world. You know, isn't it hard to see people struggling with salvation? It's so hard to see people struggling with it. Because you just know that that's the right answer that they need. But everyone has to face that themselves. They have to face that, that decision to follow Him. And it is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Is whether you accept Jesus or not. You need to consider Him this morning. He'll change your life for the better. Now, you'll have issues, you'll have trials, you'll have tribulations. He'll be there with you to see, see through it all. Who wakes up in the morning and just, yay! No. We have troubles. We have trials. Things break. Things happen. But Jesus helps you through it all. 
Don't you just have those times where you kind of look back like, that had to be God. That had to be. It had to be Him. Things don't just happen like that. It had to be God driving and directing. Where He calls us there, considers us holy brothers. That's pretty awesome. He considers us brothers. It goes back to the last chapter there. I think it's the 11th verse. That's why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. And he also talks about sharing and heavenly calling, which goes back to the 10th verse of the last chapter and bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their, their salvation perfect through suffering. That's another thing. Jesus came and died and overcame Satan who had control of death. You know, there was, I think there was a lot of people that really were worried about death. Does anybody here worry about death? I do. I don't want to die. But Jesus overcame it. So we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about that slavery of sin no more, that slavery of death. He overcame it when He came out of that tomb. And it's something that we don't, as His children, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. It says there, He tasted death for everyone. That's grace. That's grace right there. And we don't have to fear it no more. And in the 18th verse back there, it also said He suffered temptation. For because He Himself has suffered when tempted, He is able to help those who are being tempted. That's important because every single one of us are going to be tempted. Every single one of us. But he will give us a way of escape. Who can say that Jesus has given them a way of escape? I can. I absolutely can. It's real. That word consider there. You have to consider Jesus. It's taken time and effort Behold Him. Discover Him. Observe Him. He's everything. He's everything. Isn't it awesome that we have a God that came down to take our place for sin that we deserve to pay for? Isn't that awesome? You guys must not think so. I think it's awesome. I think it's absolutely awesome because we didn't deserve one bit of it. And the other thing that's awesome is no matter what happens here, we can go to war, everybody can go to war. One of these days, I'm going to wake up in heaven with Him and be there forever. One of these days. You know, there's something. I don't want to die. I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to leave all of you. But there's just something in here that just yearns to be with Him. And one of these days, that's going to happen. Whether I close my eyes here in death or whether He comes back to take us home. It's coming. You can sit here and skate through life like it's not. It's coming. Look out around you. It's coming. You know, I don't want to be one of those people who say, well, the end of the world is going to be February 17th. I don't know that. None of you know that. Only God knows that. But look around. Look at what's going on. 
We're getting closer and closer and closer. Make it right with Him. Consider Jesus. If you're struggling, consider Jesus. If you don't have that relationship with Him, consider Jesus. Don't leave here this morning without that relationship. Because it's everything. It is absolutely everything. You guys are like, this, this little fat pastor guy just cries every Sunday. Folks, there's a reason. Because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be standing up here. But he saved my soul when I didn't deserve it. And there's something to say about that. Mm-hmm. And every single one of you who have been saved, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Because we don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve to be sitting here. But we're at his house. He's going to come back and take us home one of these days. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Like I said last week, what's the percentage every one of us are going to die? 100%. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you ready? It is certain that we're going to die. There's one of two places that we're going to end up. One, if you have that relationship with Him, you're going to end up in heaven with Him. And that's where we were intended to go in the first place. If you don't have that relationship, there's a place you don't want to go to that you're going to go to. It's going to be eternal hell. And you know the worst part is? You're going to be separated from a loving Heavenly Father that made a way for you. That's the worst part. That is the worst part. So Jesus is better. Jesus is greater. He's superior to anything in this world. Why don't you accept Him this morning? Why don't you accept Him? If you're not saved, accept Him. If you are saved and you've just been skating by, drifting away, you can make that right too. You can make that right. That's no way to live. That's no way to be a Christian. Is it? I don't do everything right. I sin all the time. I mess up all the time. But there's a difference. There's a difference. And God knows your heart. There's a difference. Brother Mike, if you'd get a verse of the song, I'd like to give an invitation this morning. If you're here and you don't know Him, you can come up here, you can stay at your seat. We'll pray with you. Jesus wants to save your soul. He's passing by. Don't let Him go by.